0: Welcome to Amazing Applications, a podcast to help you build power platform and Dynamics 365 applications that everyone will love. Hi, I'm your host, Neil Benson. This is the Amazing Applications podcast, and our goal is to help you slash your project budgets reduce your delivery timelines, mitigate technical risks, and build amazing, agile power platform and Dynamics 365 applications that everyone will love. Welcome back to the show and thanks for listening. This week, 152 people in my LinkedIn feed celebrated attaining their Dynamics 365 Fundamentals CRM certification after passing the MB910 exam. 443 people celebrated attaining a Power Platform certification. Congratulations to all of you. These days, my LinkedIn feed is full of my connections celebrating their new certifications. Maybe it's the same for you. This is a recognition of the importance of our continued learning and development, the challenge, I guess, and the relief of passing an exam, and the need to to display our credentials to our manager and to our prospective clients. Way back in 2006, Microsoft made online learning content available for free for IT professionals who wanted to learn Microsoft Dynamics. I remember taking that training and achieving my CRM 3.0 certifications. But shortly after that, maybe sometime around 2007, Microsoft put the training content Behind a paywall called Dynamics Learning Portal and charged Microsoft partners a couple of thousand dollars a year to access it. Microsoft customers were just plain out of luck. I don't think there was any training content on Customer Source. I campaigned for years for Microsoft to restore free online training content to all partners and customers. And my idea, which was submitted and tracked in Microsoft Connect ran for over 10 years and had hundreds and hundreds of votes. I even wrote a book to train people on configuring and customizing Dynamics CRM 2011, and it still sells a few copies every few months. I don't know who's buying it, but thank you. Eventually, Microsoft Learn was born and quickly grew into an amazing portal for online learning content, not just for Dynamics 365 and Power Platform but you can find content on Azure, Microsoft 365, Teams, SQL Server, Visual Studio, and Windows as well. Microsoft has revitalized its exams and certification processes too, and today there are 22 Power Platform and Dynamics 365 certifications. In response, the Microsoft Partner Network keeps tweaking the requirements for Microsoft partners to employ certified individuals in order to achieve or maintain silver and gold competencies. It's all good stuff. Or is it? I don't have any data, so this is just anecdotal. But I haven't seen a significant drop in the number of Microsoft customers experiencing challenging or failed projects that I would expect to see as more and more professionals improved their knowledge and achieved certification. Here's a crazy hypothesis. Are Microsoft certifications causing projects to fail? Sounds nuts, right? But to help me dive deeper into the topic of training, certifications And what else we can do to ensure we have the right knowledge to deliver the best possible chances of building amazing business applications for Microsoft customers, I've invited two experts onto the show. Julie Yack is a founder and the chief operations officer at Colorado Technology Consultants. She's an author, a trainer, a solution architect, and an MVP. Colorado Technology Consultants has an online learning academy called 365.training filled with Dynamics 365 and Power Platform online courses, and they do a lot of consulting work with Microsoft on its training and certifications. I've known Julie for over 10 years through the MVP program. Julian Sharp is the founder of Ready365. He recently received an MVP award and is best known as a prolific Microsoft trainer. Over the past I know, 15 or 20 years, he's trained thousands of people in Dynamics 365 and power platform technologies in the classroom and through online study groups. He's got more Microsoft certifications than anyone I know. There are over 80 certifications on Julian's LinkedIn profile. So let's hear from Julie and Julian. Welcome to the Amazing Applications Show. On this show, I've got two guests who I hope are going to help me talk me down from the ledge because I'm wondering if Microsoft certifications are causing projects to fail. To discuss that, I've got two (laughs) amazing guests with me. I've got my good friends, Julie Yak and Julian Sharp. Julie, do you wanna take a moment to introduce yourself?
1: Sure, I am Julie Yak, I've been an MVP since 2009, and my first Microsoft certification was CRM 3.0 Applications.
2: I'm Julian Sharp. I'm a fairly new MVP only for about a year now, but I've been a Microsoft certified trainer for 14 years. My first certification was back in 2003: a .NET architecture, which is actually a really good one. My first Dynamics or well, Microsoft CRM 1.0 installation, I think, was my first Microsoft exam. I don't think they do installation exams anymore, Julian. No, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's the More cloud. The the pity. So here's my hypothesis: my LinkedIn feed has got lots of people celebrating their Microsoft Business Applications certifications. They're collecting badges like scouts collect badges and sew them onto the arms of their uniforms. Mm -hmm. There seems to be a lot of pressure on partners to achieve and renew and maintain certifications for the individuals. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that's crowding out the amount of time that people have for other types of learning, project management, design thinking, Mm -hmm. change management, business process modeling, all these other skills that we need in order to have successful projects. And consultants can pass business applications certifications and still not know some really deep technical stuff that they need to know. Application lifecycle management, I'm not sure that's covered in sufficient depth in any of the Microsoft certifications. Licensing. Julie, do you think that's a fair hypothesis? Am I crazy? You've been involved in designing a lot of these training programs, and I don't know, maybe about the exams as well. Do you think I'm, I'm nuts? Um,
1: a little bit, but also I think we all are. So I think that specifically since everyone's been working at home for more than a year now, people have decided that it's something they can accomplish, whereas they didn't realize they could do it before. And so I think that there's a lot of people who are going out and getting those certifications for the first time. Then there's a lot of people who are, like you said, collecting them like scouts collect badges. And the problem becomes, if that's your only measure of success is certification, you will not be successful. It is one tool in the toolbox.
0: Julian, what, what's your point of view? Do you think that Microsoft certifications are causing unsuccessful outcomes for our customers?
2: I don't think they're causing. I think there's a there's something to what you say in maybe diverting people's attention. But I think that the, what you've seen is people taking certifications, actually changing Microsoft themselves. Microsoft have changed their approach on certification because they believe to adopt the cloud, people need to be trained in it. I'll just go back to why I think certifications are worthwhile in themselves is that I've seen so many bad implementations where people have not had any training. They're developing systems with the old on-premise mindset. They are not making use of all the facilities and capabilities there are. So training is about learning the new things certification is just a way of proving that you've done it but i do understand there is there's a overall temptation that people are just going taking too many they i've seen people go from like nothing to solution architect in six months and that's not right for me that's a mixture of things the certification not necessarily being tough enough but i'm not sure how to make them tougher
1: But Julian, Uh on that front, if I've already been doing the work and I just started taking the exams, Mm -hmm. then I could see going from zero certifications to solution architect in six months. If I'm changing careers or I just left college, then I can't do it in six months. But if I'm finally backfilling the certifications that I've already had that knowledge, then six months is fine.
2: I'm seeing new starters, career changes going that route.
1: Yeah, and that's a very different scenario.
2: Yeah, and I not uh, that's not what I, I, I would like. I don't think that's not really what anybody wants to achieve. But I, and there's a certain amount of people, guess, collecting the badges. I've got. What's next? Because, like you say, Julie, they're at home, so they've got the opportunity to actually learn and spend mm-hmm. a bit of time. And there's also uh, a lot of free training being given away by Microsoft with the and got Microsoft Training Days where you go, they give, even give you the exam voucher. So it's really encouraging people to do it.
0: Right. And you can now take the exam from home before you yeah. had to go to an exam center. Now you can do this remote proctoring. So that's made it even easier to get the training and get the certification. I think all those developments are good. I, I support all of that. Yeah, I
1: think making it accessible to as many people as possible is important because you don't want to have artificial barriers, but it needs to be measured. It needs to be appropriate amount of influence on the certifications. And there are certain people who are just good test takers. My son never studied for his college entrance exams and got in, you know, the 99th percentile. He's just a good test taker. And then he didn't go to college, but that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) (laughs) He's very successful without it. But there are people who are always going to be good test takers.
0: Yeah. I'm going to ask if you can give us an outline of the current certification tracks that are available. There's Power Platform, dynamic 65. If I was to embark on a certification refresh of my own resume, yep.
2: where would I start? I always say to start with fundamentals, I actually think the idea of fundamentals has really actually helped people get over the fear of taking exams. Most people I speak to have a real, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to fail. And for a lot of people, I've seen this. T- failing a Microsoft exam is the first failure they've ever experienced. I've seen it. In, it's not pleasant to people. So get fundamentals are really good to get people used to the whole experience. It's relatively risk-free. And from that, they get that, and then they go on. So I'd always say, start with your Power Platform or your Dynamics Fundamentals. We've now got two Dynamics Fundamentals. They're it. We're back to the Customer Engagement CRM name again. And ERP. So, But they are getting rid of the Customer Engagement name. They're going to go back to CRM and ERP. Really? Wow. Yeah. Then what you've got, On the Power Platform, it's a little odd because you've got the App Maker, which is the PL100, which is aimed at your citizen developer, the person that just builds apps for themselves and their friends, which is meant to be – it's an associate-level exam, which means you need to have experience, and it's a bit more hands-on. But it's actually quite – I think it's quite hard. I've been speaking to somebody actually yesterday about it. They've failed it three times. But they're not an App Maker, but they've been given it by their company to pass. They're a customer success manager. And they're being uh, okay. expected to pass that level exam, and it's hard. Then we've got the PL two hundred, which is what I call the core, the functional consultant, which is the real main skills for a, the technical skills rather in terms of customising the solution. That's the PL two hundred, and then there's a PL four hundred developer which is actually more of a developer now. There's still a a bit of non-developer in it because developer has to do the no-code. They have to be able to compare between workflows, plugins, business rules, and understand when to use what. And then we've got the PL600, which is still in beta, the solution architect. But it's not the path. You don't go PL100, PL200, PL400, PL600, but I'm seeing people do that because...
1: The world has has trained us that... You start with the lowest number, 100, and you move your way up, and they're very different
2: audiences.
0: Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I, I assumed it was a progression, so I've learned something. Yeah, exactly.
2: And the whole, I would say, ignore the, when it comes to Microsoft, like that, ignore the numbers, because we actually start with 900. I would say it depends on your role. Yeah.
1: So if your role is to be in the ecosystem and to be aware of what's going on around you, but you're not building stuff, then take the 900, because you need to have awareness. If you're dipping your toe in the water, trying to figure out if you belong here, 900 is great, right? Yeah. Then 100, hopefully, will be trimmed to be more yeah. appropriately sized for its intended audience. Mm-hmm. That's for the incidental app maker. It's not my job, mm-hmm. but I like to mix some apps. I like to solve some problems. Right. And then the 200, 400, 600, those are all for people whose careers are power platform building the things.
2: Yeah, and they're the ones around the partner competency requirements, 200, 400, and 600, or will be. Right. So I
0: was going to a- ask you about training and certification for customers, you know, people working at a Microsoft customer organization mm-hmm. versus people working at a Microsoft partner organization. Obviously, partners, the individuals there, like you said, Julie, it, it tends to be their career. Their mm-hmm. job is to build applications for other people. But if I'm a subject matter expert or a business analyst or a product owner inside a Microsoft customer organization. And I'm gonna be working on a project, maybe 50% of my time. Then there's another kind of customer persona, which is the system administrator, who's gonna be looking after an app or a bunch of apps are there good training and certification options or even is it is certification even appropriate for those kinds of people what do you think julie
1: yes they should do the functional consultant i think everyone who has hands in a project building power platform thing should have the pl200 i think it's the bare minimum for someone who is building things if you're going to do more than that if you're going to be lean toward developer stuff if you need to have you know more of a big picture feel work from mm. the architect but I think that the functional for any of those roles would be important. Yeah.
2: Okay. The other thing I've done is I've taken the whole project team, and they're starting on a project. I'll put them all through fundamentals. So that's, the project managers, everybody involved in the project from business owners, and just to give them an f- understanding of what, because they've been sold to, the, they've been sold dynamics, sold the Power Platform. But we need to get, actually get them to actually get past that and understand what's actually involved. And actually it helps them get going. But I agree with you, Julie. I think getting that, it's quite hard if they're just starting on a project. I mean, I'm doing some training for a very large transport company in Europe, and I've trained them over the probably last two-year period, regular training. I only had another one. I did the sales training uh, a couple of weeks ago. I trained the developers in December. So if they have a development team, then, yeah, the developer course is the right one for them. Uh,
1: okay. So, and I want to clarify that I want them to go through the training, whether they get certified or not, is their yeah. own personal goals, yeah. that the functional consultant training hmm. will get them on the right path.
2: Yeah, it's interesting, actually, this company, they've become more and more interested in the certification as we've gone along. But I think I scared them with the sales one because i th- they said, oh, can you got some questions? So I threw them some, this is something you might get asked, and it's, whoa, that's quite deep compared to what we train them in, which is the basic sales functionality.
0: I think that's great advice. I've seen a lot of customers, because they've been involved in lots of demonstrations, maybe from different partners during the evaluation phase of before the project has been launched, they don't have a a real understanding of what's a custom feature that was built by a partner for the purposes of the demonstration and what's a standard feature that comes with Dynamics 365. And if you don't have those right expectations, all hell can break loose at the start of your project with the wrong requirements and
2: expectations. You also brought uh, uh, brought up a really good point about the administrator. Right now, I don't think we have very good administration level training. For instance, I've got a customer in Denmark who I've been working with for four years on and off, and I actually put, they've been on my PL200 course, and then one of their marketing people's been on the marketing course. And they can do a lot themselves, but they still keep coming to me asking questions and clarification. But but yeah, we we don't have any administration management and all those other day-to-day activities that you do on a when you're running a live system,
0: do you think that's a gap that Microsoft acknowledges and, and will address in, in time? Or is it open for the business application training community to fill that gap?
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we the same thing, Julian. It's the it's, it, it's trouble is it's defining the role. So for a certification and for training, you've got to define what it's going to contain. And that it's going to vary so much between organizations about how much they do versus how much the partner does versus how much different people within IT do, because it'll get split up.
0: Right.
2: But I think there, there needs to be some training. I think there's been a focus on getting the certification and training for that. I can't see many more roles coming. Maybe there will be in Dynamics, because in Dynamics and Power Platform, we've got more than anybody else in terms of role-based certs. So I, I would like anyway. to
1: see some more training and certifications around things like Power Automate, yeah, yeah. Because there are people who, that's what they do all day long, mm-hmm. is build flows and automate stuff. Yeah. And there's so much more available than what can be covered in all of exam, like the functional consultant. I think that we should extract out portals, make a portals certification, because again, great, here's a little bit of information that everybody has to know, but there's so much more to it. Yeah, and right. I think those will happen before we get the administrator certification Because, like Julian said, there's way too many moving parts. A power platform administrator is likely administering power platform, but also office integrations.
2: Yeah. So how do we for
1: that? And because that role is so hard to define, I think it's going to be a little bit longer before we see certifications for
0: it. So here I am with a hypothesis that there's too many certifications and they're causing our projects to fail <laughs> and we've just invented another three or four. Well yeah. done.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think the other issue is about, let's go back to partners and the partners of competency. I think there's very much, people believe that the exams are driven by the, the certification, the competency requirements. It's actually not, I think it's the other way around. The certification is done, then the partner MPN team come up and says, oh, we need five of them and six of them without really understanding what they told you.
0: I just had a look at the partner competencies. I haven't had a look at that for a little while. There are some competencies. For example, I can become a partner with a gold competency in application development, which is really about Azure, with four certified individuals. There's some different exams that they can take. Business applications competencies are wildly different and wildly more complicated. They're introducing this new partner competency index, which is a points-based system.
2: Okay, back so, to where we were years ago I remember getting collecting partner points to become gold years ago yeah
0: yeah I did the same thing and it's you yeah. have to have functional consultants and developers and you have to grow the number of functional consultants year over year yeah. license revenue you have to add new customers you have to be you have to have some large deployments and they measure what large means yeah. and you have to grow the number of active monthly users or monthly active users yeah. 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 wow yeah. wow how, how microsoft's going to track all that successfully without partners feeling left i i have done lots of deployments where it's really hard to get the customer to assign the digital partner record yeah. the customer doesn't yeah. know how to do it and you find somebody else's name is in there yeah. there's a licensing partner whose name is in there
2: i got off the partner treadmill back just over a year ago i always say microsoft's biggest strength are its partners it's also its biggest weakness because there's so I mean, let get back to what we're talking about so many poor implementations
1: even with the certification paths that we have, even if the, with the requirements that we have, there is still, unfortunately, a genuine business model for doing rescue implementations. Oh, yeah. Do an do. entire business on that.
2: That's right. what I used to do. I did that for years.
1: Yeah. So, least... I mean, they're fun because it's fun to find and solve the problems, and it's a puzzle. And, yeah. And from a, I want to do the work perspective, I enjoy them, but... It's unfortunate that they're coming in from partners who supposedly have all these qualified resources, who are just good test takers, and yeah. I don't know how to solve that problem.
2: No, and it's not just that they just get the minimum. They're, okay, they're, I'm a big partner. I'll just get the number of people minimum certified, just get them through it, uh, just take it. And they don't really buy into the idea of proper training. It's just a tick in the box and move on because I need to get people build.
0: What's yeah. the least amount of training? time wasted on training in order to acquire this information.
1: What I see is that partners who are partners in something else are like, eh, it's dynamics, how hard can it be? Yeah. And then they do things like build their entire own custom security layer. And then they're like, how come it takes so long for the forms to load? Because you have 4,272 security checks before we can load the form.
2: I did some field service training. I had some some end users on it, actually, uh, interestingly. And I said, these are my top 10 things not to do in field service. And I could see them shrink horribly. I went, they had nine out of the 10. <laughs> and it was hard. They had a partner. The partner had never been trained. The partner's staff had never been trained. They just thought, I can just do this. And this was a 5,000 user system. They
1: may have been trained in how to build the stuff, but not to use the stuff. And that's a different yeah. That's a different need, right? That means they, they didn't have qualified functional consultants because In my view, a functional consultant should know how to use the system inside and out, not just how to build stuff.
2: And and also, they had no appreciation of what field service did or how it internally worked. And you're not going to get that through any training. Right. And I think this comes back to, I think you made the point, Julie. Certification is very much a starting point for me. It's the minimal, I think Microsoft defines it as the minimal qualified candidate. So I think, ideally, my my idea of training, somebody who's got six months to between up to six months experience and a bit of training, should be able to pass the exam. And when you phrase it like that, it's not really a high barrier.
0: I think most people view the badge as the finish line,
2: not no. the starting point. So I think right. that's the issue we're facing. But the truth is, where do you go from there? Where do you go after you've got that starting point? But there's another badge. Right, there you is, is. Know. Yeah, I'll, I'll go take the PL400, even though I'm, I'm a functional consultant. And
1: I have no desire to take the developer exam. I've got the 100 and the 900 because I helped with some of the behind the scenes work on that. So mm-hmm. I wanted to see what the exams were like. And that's the, uh, if you don't write the questions, that's the way to participate in the process is take the exam. Yeah. I was not the target audience, but I took those exams and I passed them. I am the target audience for the functional consultant and the architect. I took those and I passed those. Yeah. My toolbox is full for now. I, I have no desire to take the developer exam. That's not for
0: me. It's Not what I do.
2: No. But I, I see so many people. I could take you and I think, why? So I passed the developer right, exam yeah.
0: and I've, I've never used Visual Studio. That's not nothing to brag about. That's just a badly designed, not a badly designed certification, but it's a failing in the exertive certification process.
1: It's, it's, if that's all you have to do is Visual Studio, I'm in, because I use Visual Studio every day. So if that's all I need, I'm good. No, not.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the Power Platform developer, for me, is not a, a hardcore, what I, what some people think of a developer, because there's more to it. You're not just writing code. You're going to be doing the no-code stuff. You're going to be using Power Automate. You're going to be integrating with Azure. It's not somebody who just sets and writes code, and that's why it's quite broad and quite a difficult exam to test on. There are questions about coding, but you could be lucky and not get many of them. If you failed right. them all, you're still going to pass on everything else you've done. I think I know. Let's talk about it. But the course it anyway. exam has come up. Probably when you last took an exam there, if you look at three, four years ago, they were very product orientated. They were very much regurgitate the facts. I remember we used to teach in the course. These are the numbers you need to remember to pass this.
1: I was complaining about the exams and the certification process, and I was doing so rather publicly. Yeah. And then they came to me and said, OK, great, help us make it better. <laughs>
0: So tell us, Julie, about the process of making a certification. I don't know how much you can reveal behind the scenes, but you've been involved in quite a few. Can you give us a high-level overview of what that looks like from Microsoft's perspective? How do they do it?
1: So you start with what they call a job task analysis, where you get a collection of subject matter experts who break down what would this person do at their job? Are they building flows? Are they making custom tables? What are they doing? and you list out the tasks that they would do in their job. Then from there, you extract out the items from that should be testable. So like a functional consultant has a lot of soft skills. It's hard to test on how to write good documentation. So we should teach it to you, but we can't give you an exam on it. So then from there, you get experts who are going to write the exam questions. Different experts will um, do a technical review And then the exams go into beta. And sometimes you've got the same experts at one or two of the phases, but you won't have one expert participating in each phase of the process. So you'll get different opinions involved. And then from the training material perspective, that is built independently using the artifacts that are created from the job task analysis and what they call the objective domain, the things we can test you on.
0: So the training material is developed completely blind to the exam questions? Is that right? Okay, good. That's what I would expect. That's good. The exam
1: questions, when you're writing them, typically speaking, you have to provide a publicly available resource that would give you the knowledge to answer that question. So as part of the process, I want to write a question about building forms. Mm -hmm. I would then provide a link to... Microsoft in that process, I would provide a link to docs yeah. that explained the things that I was going to test on so that it's a fair item for people to be able to learn about. And then we can test on it. Yeah.
0: Okay. And, and do all those resources have to be Microsoft documentation?
2: Can, no. There'd have okay. to be, but the it could be available
1: if it's available. It's not yeah.
0: always available.
2: Yeah. So okay. blog posts, videos it can be quoted.
0: You, you mentioned soft skills, Julie, and the, the criticality of soft skills to the success of a functional consultant. If you could wave a wand, could you, should you, should we be testing soft skills? How would that work? Because we try and interview for soft skills when we're interviewing candidates for a new job. I, I agree with you, they're hard to test. Are there ways that we could ever imagine certifications embracing skills, soft skills?
1: Not in a way that's fair and repeatable.
2: Not not, not at the scale we're dealing with. Right. The only way it would work is if we went back to something like SureStep with a defined methodology. That hurt, Julian. Um, but the idea, that's the only way it would work, where there is a methodology which you, everybody's trained in and it's repeatable, but we're not in that <laughs> world.
1: And then that's too rigid because not every successful project will use that process, and not every project that uses that process will be successful.
2: Yeah, I mean, SureStep was brought in because of, there were so many failing projects. It was brought in yep. to try and create, make sure that partners followed a, a method, well, followed a method. I would say a method is better than no method, but there was a lot of no method around at the time. I, just, <laughs> I think there, there still is, is today. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, interesting. I'd love to see some more soft skills. I don't know. I agree with you, Julia. It's really hard to test for and know exactly what soft skills to include in a test. I'm interested in how the, Certifications are being complemented by other awards and recognition like the Microsoft Fast Track Recognized Solution Architect. Mm. Is it an award or recognition? Which does include an interview with a a solution architect by some experts at Microsoft. Very hard to scale that. There's a couple of dozen people awarded that each year. I can't imagine them scaling that so that anybody can go and take that interview with Uh, somebody at Microsoft. That's not going to work.
1: And and that's the purpose of it. Yeah, You have to provide a portfolio of your work. You have to have an interview. It's more than just one measure. So I think that's the purpose is to not be scaled.
2: Yeah. Microsoft used to have a thing called the Master MCM, Master Certification, which you had to go and it cost about $40,000. They, wow. they stopped doing it about seven, eight years ago. Never in Dynamics, but they used to have the idea that you were an expert. You had to go for three weeks to Redmond and do a whole set of interviews. So the fast track, okay, except you have to work on big projects and have to work on, uh, so there's a big barrier for anybody to go take it. They only run it very rarely. So what other certifications are there that are relevant? I've always been a fan of PMP from the project side. So I was just
0: going to ask you the exact same question. So we've got the project management certifications, PMP, PRINCE2. Yeah. There's uh, obviously some Agile certifications out there as well. There's yeah. ProSci for change management.
1: I am a lapsed Scrum Appster. Scrum so I've gone through the courses, I've done some projects, but it's not my day-to-day anymore. Yeah. I haven't kept it current.
0: Can you imagine Microsoft saying a business applications functional consultant needs to have these Microsoft certifications plus one of these others? And Microsoft embracing third-party certification saying, yeah, we recognize ProSci, we recognize PMP, and you should have one of those as part of your functional consultant
2: certification. In the past, when we had the old Microsoft Dynamics marketing, they actually had a joint certification with a third party for that. It was a, 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 mar- a digital marketing course that you could go take.
1: The problem becomes putting weight on something over which you have no control. So if they say, yes, in order to get this recognition, you have to have these three Microsoft certifications and one of these other third-party certifications, and suddenly that third-party certification has major changes, is no longer relevant, then suddenly no one can meet that bar. And that's a tough
2: one. mean All the certifications around, say, requirement gathering and business analysis, I did a
0: diploma with the British Computer Society in Requirements Engineering a long time ago. So yes, I think there are this UML and other recognized modeling notations and things. And there are certifications to go with those. I'm just wondering if if Microsoft can't include them, Julian, I appreciate your point of view and why they can't do that. (laughs) Then is it up to partners to broaden the scope of their consultant skills and say, let's not Focus exclusively on Microsoft certifications, but we also encourage our team to go and get these others. And I think partners need to lead the way in that and not be so focused on Microsoft certifications to the exclusion of all other training and certification.
2: Yeah, and I think Microsoft is doing this now. They they now have training days or learning days every quarter. And then, although some people do the Microsoft certification, they now do the other. They do other courses and other learning which aren't certification related I think that is the right way but for me actually what you really need to as partners you need to get together and share experiences because you're not going to share them with your uh, other partners but internally you should get together what have we learned from this project what did we do be open and honest about that And, uh, and that for me that's more important than a certification but it requires coordinating people getting together and people being open and honest and admitting where they went wrong
0: in the the military they would call it an after action review and you would write up a report with the squad who went on the mission come back uh, and write it up and share that with the squad with their superiors and that becomes part of a body of knowledge within that military branch in the same way some good partners do post-implementation reviews pirs and i think there's some methodologies that encourage that which I think are great. In agile projects, we obviously do retrospectives. We do them it's very good. often. And I think, we, yeah, we could all do a better job of sharing the learnings from those with people who, who weren't in the project so that they can learn from our mistakes and learn from our best practices as well.
2: My biggest annoyance is there's no sort of corporate knowledge that you end up just doing the same thing from scratch over and over. You really just want people to be able to come in, start a project, know what they've got to do, where they're in, the, what their place is. So if somebody comes, they have a corporate way of working. That everybody knows their role, knows what they've got to do. So if you join a new project, you're not having to reinvent the wheel. It's a certification issue. It's a it's how do I organize my practice? How do we have an ethos as an organization? Julian,
0: any final thoughts on how we can prevent Microsoft certifications causing projects to fail?
1: <laughs> it's not so much the certification causing projects to fail. It's the narrow view of their value. And so we need to broaden people's visions on what is required to succeed, and that certifications are just one small piece of it. Yeah. That nothing is better than experience, and just passing a test is not experience.
2: Yeah. I think that's what I was trying to get at. If you you get experience by working, but you get more experience from sharing with other people. It's actually one of the reasons I actually still like training, is like I learn from my students. They tell me stories. Half the stories I use are other people's stories. I think that's
0: one of the the unwritten or uh, misunderstood value of in-person training. It's those stories you get from the instructors, from the other students, and that the instructors learn from the students as well.
2: If you're on a training course sat next to somebody, you actually learn more from the
0: person sat next to you than the instructor. I miss in-person training. I hope we get back to doing more. Yeah, Yeah, me too great stuff Julie Julian thank you both so much for joining us on the amazing applications podcast <laughs> and sharing your training and certification expertise with us I'm going to go back and reconsider my <laughs> certifications
2: I um, challenge you to pass a certification yeah. can I start with a fundamentals one please yeah I always start with the fundamentals <laughs>
0: alright uh, next time we meet I'll have done my fundamental certification how about that <laughs> thanks very much for joining me Bye. folks thank you Bye. Thanks to Juliak and Julian Sharp for sharing their training and certification expertise with us on the Amazing Applications podcast. I hope you found their insights useful. Here are my key takeaways The training and certification opportunities for everyone building Microsoft business applications have never been better. Achieving the certifications isn't always easy, but they're not meant to be. If you're involved in business applications as a Microsoft customer, you should aim for the PL900 Power Platform Fundamentals, PL910 Dynamics 365 CRM Fundamentals, or PL920 Dynamics 365 ERP Fundamentals. If your career involves building business applications as a Microsoft partner or consultant, you should aim for a functional consultant certification. Dynamics 365 Customer Service, Field Service, Sales, Marketing, Business Central, finance, or supply chain. If you're a developer working for a customer or partner, aim for PL400, power platform developer, or MB300 plus MB500 to become a finance and operations developer. If you're a solution architect, aim for MB700, finance and operations solution architect, or PL600, power platform solution architect. And here's the big takeaway from me. You don't need to collect them all if you're an architect you don't need the fundamentals certifications if you're a functional consultant you're not going to benefit much from the developer certifications instead of trying to collect all of the microsoft certifications like pokemon cards your career and your projects will be better served by you broadening your skills consider well-regarded industry certifications like scrum.org professional scrum master my personal favorite PMI, Project Management Professional, the ProSci Change Practitioner, or Certified Business Analyst Professional from the International Institute of Business Analysis. Or it could be a collection of LinkedIn courses in design thinking, communication, teamwork and collaboration, stakeholder engagement, software testing, critical thinking. There are hundreds and hundreds more. LinkedIn courses are great, not just for providing just-in-time learning on a topic— but also for tasting lots of topics and finding new ones that interest you so that you can dive into them further. Diving deeper and deeper into Microsoft certifications might make you highly certified, but I think you'll be a one-dimensional business applications professional. You need more than just Microsoft certifications to build amazing business applications. Personally, as a hiring manager who has interviewed hundreds of candidates, I can tell you You need more than that to advance your career. Microsoft partners need more than just a practice full of people with Microsoft certifications. Otherwise, they'll lose opportunities to consultancies with a broader set of capabilities. And the projects that they do win are at risk of turning into failed projects and a turnaround opportunity for someone else. Search for the Amazing Applications page on LinkedIn, find the post for this episode, and let me know what you're going to learn next. I'd love to find out more. Thanks for listening. Remember to follow amazing applications in your podcast player so you don't miss an episode. Until next time, keep sprinting.